still don't get it. I wrote my report on Operation Spellbind. I got debriefed by the brass. I got my head shrunk so many times in the last four months that I should need a kid's size extra small now in helmets. It's not like you don't know everything that happened already. So what I don't get is why we're starting over from scratch. Why do I have to go over every fucking thing that happened again when you know exactly what happened? When you know exactly what I think about what happened? Look, this is all bullshit. This might be Walter Reed, but for all I care, this is a fucking prison, not a hospital. I haven't even seen the sky since I got here four months ago. I don't even know how much of my team is still alive. Is Hammerlock... Oh, sorry. I mean, CJTF613, if we're being all official. Is anyone still alive? Is it still active? Fine. Be that way. But I'll tell you what happened. I'll tell you every goddamn fucking thing that went wrong on Spellbind. But after that, Dr. Park, I want to talk to Price. This is a special bonus episode of The Redacted Reports, a Delta Green podcast. Recorded with members of our R-Cell and Program Tier Patreon members. Combined Joint Task Force 613, also known as Team Hammerlock, is in the Bagran district of Helmand Pravis, Afghanistan. Recently, in the northern district of the Helmand province, there has been some fighting between the Taliban and ISIS-K. ISIS-K militant group has taken out a local Taliban commander, and the fighting has been pretty rough between the two groups. Known as Team Hammerlock, this group is an international task force gathered to perform various missions, some of them reconnaissance, some of them black operations, but they're gathered here to look into the situation. Their current orders are to put eyes on the combatants, gather intelligence. Their rules of engagement are to uh, not initiate combat. They have to surveil the situation and... Uh, Neutralize resources to hamper the enemy readiness and combat effectiveness of the troops in the area. They are being led by Captain John Sterling, also known as Price. Captain, you look out from this village where you had put down for the night, and you see a large mountain of the Kush mountain range ahead of you. The Taliban and the ISIS militants that you are tracking are known to have retreated to the mountains, and they are currently fighting within the mountain range itself. You look around, and you have a very qualified set of troops. You have Luc Benoit, also known as Nomad, from the uh, French military. You also have Franchik Wojciechowski, also known as Saturn, from the Polish Grom unit. You have Jeremy White, also known as Rooster, from the United States Marine Corps. And we have... Alloy, Angela Wah from the Canadian military forces. So the townsfolk are weary that you're here, but one of them has approached the group early this morning 
and is, is is standing there just waiting for you to acknowledge them. Nod to them and uh, gesture them over. The young man comes over. I have, I have a, uh, a someone that that might be able to help you. They they were asking about you. Um, is it okay if I were to bring them, sir? Someone you trust? He's not from here. Probably look to the others at this point. See if anyone has any any reactions that are particularly noticeable. More information can't hurt. If he's not from around here, how's he supposed to help us? Turn back to the. Uh, is this a who is approaching us? Is this a, a young person? A old yeah, person? it's a young young villageman. I'll I'll just I'll turn back to him at this point and uh, see if he answers that. He says that he knows knows about you and he's he. L- let me go get him, if if that's okay. Okay, sure. He runs off to a hut, and a few moments later, you see a fellow dressed in fatigues. He has an AK-47 slung across his back. He's got a very thick beard. The thing that stands out about him is that he's about five foot two. He walks with a trained gait. All of you recognize that he's had some type of training, or he is at least athletic. Comes closer. Oh, hello! With a clear American accent. His ethnicity, he looks as though that he would be local or, you know, of uh, Afghan origin or, or somewhere nearby. Can we tell whose fatigues he's wearing? Walmart. Gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) So American. Got it. You were right, Rooster. He's not from here. He can't help us. He's clearly American. I was raised in America, but I know this area pretty well. Uh, My name is Arash. I've been used as a translator for a while. My family has ties to this area and a little bit further south. I could be of use, besides English, which... I can speak, obviously. Um, I also know Pashtu, Dari, Persian, Arabic, French, German, and Dutch. Very good, but what what can you tell us about these mountains? Well, one, you'll get lost and turned around there and absolutely with absolutely no problems. As a teenager, looking at him, you see that he's maybe early 20s. As a teenager, I would climb these mountains before they started getting shelled by um, any looks around and by uh, other forces. So you're offering to be our guide? Yes. Why? Because if a bunch of you disappear in the mountains, more of you will come. He's not wrong. Yep. Nope. You're not necessarily looking to fight. I mean, you you look like you're ready for a fight, but there's, what, five of, five of you and... You know, maybe 100, 200 of uh, the uh, ISIS fellows, and then also uh, the same number, if not double that, of the Taliban in the mountains. I mean, none of you are from Afghanistan, so you don't understand these things. And is that your only motivation? Just to keep us alive so that we can go home and not bring anybody else? Or what are you getting out of this? I don't want to have to deal with more NATO troops coming in and fighting in a war that they have no business being here. This seems fine. The fewer of us that there are, the better. This is an Afghan problem. Should be solved by Afghan hands and not dealt with by outsiders. So if I can help the outsiders even a little bit, 
to do what you need to do. And then when you decide to leave, we can take care of the problem on our own. In Pashto, I'm going to say not all of us are as outside as we might appear. He responds back to you in Pashto. Yes, but your appearances tell thousands. To step back one second out of character, mm-hmm. the, the, the overall mission is just to surveil the groups in the mountains. Yes. Uh, do we have any more specific goals? Are we, are we trying to like identify any of their leaders? or? Yes, that's pretty standard operation yeah. would be to find out who's leading, who is leading rough you know, troop size, what type of resources they have. If you could remove or damage resources, you know, if they have irregular vehicles, if there's weapon stores, if you can get rid of those, that works out beautifully as well. But right now, you have not received any orders to engage or eliminate, though that sometimes follows up once you pass that information along to higher command. I I think at this point I'd look at... um... I'm trying to figure out who I would consider to be, like, second in command here. I have a first lieutenant mm-hmm. with me, but being a, a, a medic, I don't know whether... That's... I... Usually the medic is going to be pretty well trusted anyway, mm-hmm. at least, especially when it comes to team safety or yeah, health. Yeah, Okay, then. I think, I think for the purposes of this, then I'll, I'll... If everyone's happy with that, I'll sort of consider Saturn to be my, my second in command. Also... Alloy as a chief warrant officer. Uh, chief warrant officer is very highly regarded yeah. and respected. At least in the United States military, uh, a chief warrant officer can actually have a general or someone with a star ask their recommendation because the chief warrant officer can make their life hell. <laughs> so um, Alloy is a very good uh, confidant as well. Medic should be number two when it comes to decisions to make things go boom. That's on me and on me. When things go bad, that's on me. (laughs) Someone else can tell me to make things go boom. I'll take Saturn and Alloy to one side, and I'll leave Rush under the watchful gaze of Rooster and Nomad. And um, what do you think? He's got a point. We do need a a local guide. Would you want to climb Everest without a Sherpa? Like, obviously we would need him. Do we look like a group that could fit in as locals, or are we going to stick out like a sore thumb if we're walking around? I mean, not not as we're dressed, but hypothetically, could we get to a point where we look like locals? You could certainly dress as locals. I mean, you do currently have, you know, Fadaya or Shemongs, whichever, however you want to uh, title that, which are, you know, the headscarves. You do not have black headscarves, because uh, that is significant to the Taliban. I mean, you might have them, because of, you know, uh, trying to get into counterinsurgency and getting into infiltration. But you could probably pass with, you know, face covering and from a distance. But if it gets close, yeah, you, you probably won't make it. Granted, the five of you haven't shaved in quite some time, but you don't have a couple years long beard. And uh, do we have an idea of what the approach of this is supposed to be? Are we supposed to be gathering all this intel on the sly? Or are we supposed to be out and about and gathering it from people or from a distance? or All of the above. All of the above. Okay. However you can gather the information. Do we have a rough idea of the terrain? I assume we have we have some form of maps and satellite information. and. Yes, you do. I believe I shared the topographical map of what it looks like. So ahead of you is a 
rocky, craggy mountain, badlands and desert. There's not a whole lot of rain that happens here. Not a ton of vegetation where you're at, at least in this part of the province. At this point, we spent two years in Afghanistan as a team. No, we've, we were in Syria and Kurdistan fighting uh, Islamic State, and we've only just very recently been moved over to Afghanistan. About two, three months in Afghanistan. So I guess sort of uh, one more out-of-character question before I hopefully jump back in. Would this be a usual thing for our team to do? Go get some, some local intel, local guide, or should we be rightly suspicious of this? Is it is it case of take this NPC in because it's part of the scenario? Or <laughs> So here's, here's the thing. It is a bit suspicious. Normally, you're going to deal with trusted sources. A lot of the translators um, have been vetted or have worked with other groups. There's a, an entire network coming from, you know, various intelligence branches of militaries that, you know, foster these farms of inf- translators. So somebody coming up to you without that type of verification or validation, it is a question. It's like, why is he coming up? I think Saturn would reflect a little bit and say, you know, I don't know that we can trust this person, but I'm also kind of curious to see where they might lead us. And it's five of us and one of him. Uh, so I want to make a human int roll. I have 10, so this is going to go... About as well as it normally does for... Uh, nine. Really? Yep. Excellent. You're getting a very weird vibe from this guy. It's not as though you can't necessarily trust him, but you don't really trust him. Can I, uh, uh, can I also do a human roll to sure. get a gut feel? Go for it. That was a fail. And what was that? What did you roll? Uh, it was a seventy-one. Okay. Out of Fifty. I don't. I don't like this. Some something ain't right. It's not right. I. I just. I. I can't trust this person. I. Look. We can. Uh, yeah. Can I talk to you for a bit? Uh, I can step back over to Rooster and Nomad. Yeah, Cap, I, uh... He may be the best way to get us into the mountains. You don't want to climb Everest without a Sherpa. But at the same time, something ain't right. Bad vibes. And look, if I blow shit up and he goes down with it, that's fine. Well, it's not fine. But us trusting him, that has to be done with the biggest grain of salt. I'm talking Himalayan. I do not trust this person. You got a thing about the Himalayan. Himalayas. <laughs> it's big mountains. We're climbing a mountain. It's just on my mind. I can't remember the last time a uh, a local a guide that hasn't been on our payroll come out of the blue and um, asked to assist us. It's, it's, uh, I'm half tempted to turn him away and see uh, see where he goes. I'd go the other direction, weirdly, and say, I think we should ask his advice, and then we can see what we do with him later. I don't trust him, but I also don't want to climb this mountain with no guidance. We're going to screen whip over to Rooster, Nomad, and Saturn. Saturn is walking his way back, and you see that Rosh is standing there, and he's fiddling with his fingers, and, you know, kind of just waiting there patiently. Rooster and Nomad... What are you guys up to? I will tell the poor man to sit down. If we're sitting down, I will tell the poor man to sit down because he doesn't need to stand at attention like he's on parade. 
Sit, sit. He pops a squat. And then, because I'm a little paranoid, I would like to do a SIGINT roll to make sure that some new wireless network has not popped up near us when he showed up. All right, go ahead. Give me a uh, signal intelligence roll. And that would be a fail, 83 out of 60. Ooh, go ahead and mark a check mark in that, or write that down on notepad somewhere. Because we never know when these characters are going to come back. Hey, Nomad, you got a smoke? I'm out. He might have those French cigarettes. Check the pockets, pull out a pack, count, consider, hand over the pack. Score. Ah, these are those French cigarettes. Gaulois, you'll you'll love them. Sure, whatever you just said. I still don't speak your stupid, don't pronounce it language. You drop the last half of every word, whatever, Frenchie. I'd like, if I may, to check out Rosh's, uh, how he's got his gun rigged. Does it look like he is somebody who has it rigged because he's a professional with a weapon? Or does it look like it's a weapon of last defense kind of thing? The way that it's currently shouldered over his back, the barrel is pointed toward the sky. So he would have to to take it off the sling completely instead of just lifting it. While he does appear to move athletically, you know, he does seem as though that he's fit and not just, you know, wandering person fit. Like he actually does work out. He does not seem to have the weapon in a ready status. Does that answer your question? Yeah, no, perfectly. Uh, So I would do one more thing. I'd like to look at him to try to find something on him a wound or an injury or a place he's holding tenderly or something along those lines that would give me an excuse to get closer to him and see how he responds to that. So uh, maybe I notice a gash or something and go, hey, is that giving you trouble? Uh, I am a medic. Do you mind if I take a look at that? Something along those lines. Go ahead and give me a first aid roll. First aid's a 60. That's an 85. Excellent. Excellent for me. You look him over, and even though he has his sleeves rolled up, he doesn't seem to have any wounds. When he sits down, he sits down comfortably. He doesn't seem to have, you know, the aches and pains that the young bucks of this military unit are showing, or the old the old folks like uh, Price has. Fair, fair enough. No, no opening to get closer to him. Right. At least not that way. So, you guys have not been in country long, huh? I respond with a typically Gallic shrug. Well, I think that you'll find that the people here are are very hospitable, and uh, as long as you don't go shooting up their homes or bombing their fields. Well, not too many of you have tried to kill me yet, so better than Iraq. Mm Mm-hmm. Hey, the uh, captain can figure out what we're doing. Can we uh, either get moving or get some shade here? Screen wipe back to Price and Alloy. Well... You're saying we're going to, uh, we need a guide? Um, it's not ideal, but uh, it's what we've got. Let's keep a very close eye on him. Tell the rest of the team, don't let him out of our sight at any time. Kathy, I do not trust him farther than I can blow him up, which is actually quite a long way, but we can't get up that mountain without a close eye. Close eye. Let's search him as well. If he objects to that, then he can't join us. Agreed. Okay. So you guys head back to rejoin the, the group? Mm-hmm. Yep. As uh, Price is coming by, he stands up as Price gets a little bit closer. Almost as though that he re- recognizes rank, though you currently do not show any rank on your uniforms. His eyes look to you as you as you come forward. 
He looks to me, but at this point I'm relying on uh, Ally to uh, carry out my orders. <laughs> I'm going to pat him down. He puts his arms up. You find that he's got a couple magazines in his uh, the cargo pocket, and he doesn't have typical tactical, like uh, a tactical vest or a tactical belt. He does have a cell phone on him. He also has a canteen, which seems like that would be kind of normal. And he's got a, two packs of cigarettes. Nomad, check out the cell phone. Seems normal. Is it a smartphone or a cell phone? It's a smartphone. Locked, I presume? Yes. In an otter box. Open. Mind unlocking? Um, yeah, sure. He puts his hand out, takes it back, punches in a bunch of numbers, and hands it back to you. I'll check what network is he using. Um, he's using a company called MTN, and he's got pretty good signal. Now, you do notice that outside of the apps that are listed there, a lot of the information, letters and the language on the phone is in Arabic. I will just skim through. Who in our group reads Arabic? Saturn knows Pashto. Yeah, Pashto. We probably all have... Rudimentary. Yeah. Very rudimentary, but... Restaurant Arabic. You don't see anything that's really out of the ordinary here. Do we have um, standard issue radios? Do we? What, what's our sort of... What gear have we got communication-wise? You do have uh, short-range radios between the, the five of you as well. And then Nomad does also have access to, you know, making... You know, effectively making long-distance telephone calls. Uh, has long-distance radio as well. Everyone can hook up to that through him as well to relay information, but he has to effectively has to set that up through you know his own equipment there. Do we know what uh, the Taliban and ISIS use to communicate? Cell phones. Alloy would want to sidebar asking Price, who among us is good at stealing his phone? I don't oh, want him want to, to know steal that. Steal it. I don't want him to know that we've taken it. You could just ask him for it. I don't want him to know that. Yeah, I mean, that, that that was my first instinct, just take it from him and turn it off. If he All wants right. to make a call, he, he asks us. That's uh, your call, that's your call, Cap. If he wants, to, he wants to help our team, he goes by our rules. Yep. Good call, Cap. Yep, so uh, we'll, we'll confiscate the cell phone, turn it off, and um, if he wants to use it for any reason, he has to talk to us. Um, okay, not a problem. And he hands it over with, without any issues. He kind of watches it disappear away from, you know, where he's at, obviously, uh, as you guys uh, take control of it. Is that worth a second human roll to see how he, how he responds to that? No. You can tell how he's, uh, how he's reacting, so it's not that, not that difficult. Let's go up that hill. Okay. As we head out, I will catch up to the captain. Question, sir. Go ahead. How much do we trust him? We don't trust him at all, until he's proven his worth. I don't know if you have doctrine for this. We were taught uh, from experience in Algeria. If you've got an untrustworthy native guide, have him walk second with one of the trusted men next to him. He's in the group in case of an ambush. Makes it harder to snipe. Make it happen. I'll walk with a new guy. So you gather your things, and you set forth with your guide, heading toward the mountain in front of you. He's fairly quiet, points out some, some common things. He treats you as though that you don't know anything about traversing the mountains. He doesn't really know your background, 
But the information that he gives you about, you know, looking out for washes and loose stone areas, loose rock areas and areas that are not very well traversable is, uh, you know, rudimentary at best. But hey, nothing seems to be wrong about it. The trek is difficult at best. And at some points, as you start to climb up the mountain, a lot of the pathways zigzag back and forth across the, the mountain. Some of the areas are impossible to climb without having someone use the area. He has proved his usefulness a couple times in pointing you around different valleys or canyons that you probably would have gone into cautiously. But, you know, he indicates, oh, that's going to be a dead end. We've been down that way. And as you get to the top and you look down to the canyon, he's correct. And he's done this a, a couple times. You check through the morning, through the early afternoon... It's not a powered march, but you guys do make a pretty good time. You come across a small, I don't want to call it a village, but there are six huts, and it looks as though that there is a cave entrance here as well. You're at a distance from the village yourselves. You haven't yet reached it, but it's it's getting close to late afternoon, and uh, there is this small little uh, a homestead. Obviously, Rooster has a sniper rifle. Mm-hmm. Would that be the instrument we use for surveillance, or do we have other binoculars? Everyone has binoculars. Someone might even also have a spotting scope as well. Um, if they second rooster, a rooster might carry it as well for someone else. And Because you all have a little bit of cross-training with each other, you know, you're able to point out different targets and utilize equipment. You guys have been together for, for a few years. I'll ask uh, Rooster, take, take the lead on surveilling the village. All right. Take the spawning scope out, get a position overlooking these huts so I know that the lens won't be reflecting and giving away the position and see what I can see down there. As you scan the area, you see that there's maybe 10 people here. You see that there are six men, two kids, and two women. There is an older man, you know, well past retirement, a geriatric fellow, but the rest seem to be fairly young and, uh, you know, dressed in traditional garb. I'll relay that back to Price. Everybody hears it, actually. Uh, everyone's young-looking except the one old guy. And a lot of men. If we were looking at somewhere with a lot of combatants, we'd be seeing the men elsewhere, and more women. Agreed. Do the men look particularly weathered, sunbeaten? People who aren't indoors much. Yes, they certainly do seem as though that they are... They have seen the outside of the, the world. They're not, they're not folks that are, are in cube farms. They're not indoor workers. I'd like to do a check to make sure we have not stumbled on somewhere with uh, someone's forward base, as it were. So do a, a SIGINT for what I can find in the area and make sure we're not sitting in someone's wireless. Okay, go ahead and give me a SIGINT to see, see what you could find. I'd best be saving the good rolls for later. That's a 98. <laughs> That's a what? 98. Wow. Not a fail. Oh, no, that not is a, a fail. But no, not a that's a, not fail. a fumble. Not a, not a fumble. It's just a normal old fail. It's so, not called Cthulhu. We're, we're still okay. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's where my heart jumped to. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nomad, you can't. There's something that's just blocking your your connection. Like you pull up one of the small, like the the seven inch or the five inch tablet that you have, and you're not getting any reading. You're not even you're not able to connect to 
anything at the moment in time or see anything from where you're at. Then it says rebooting. Aren't you the one who always tells me to keep my shit updated? They're Clearly they are jamming us. That's the problem. I don't know. Right. Brief, gentle, percussive maintenance on the tablet. After a few moments, the percussive maintenance actually works. It does reconnect. And you see that there is a small hotspot. They've got Wi-Fi. How unusual is that? So, in today's world, it's connected to the internet. There are some folks that have that have internet. It's really not that uncommon. If you were to look at the coverage map of companies like MTN and you know other cell phone providers in Afghanistan, they've got fairly decent coverage, except in some of the mountain areas. They don't have 5G, though. It's usually 2G, but... Can you see any weapons, any ordnance? Uh, I've got nothing. When you look over the area, you do not see any weapons readily visible. Cap, if shift goes to shit, we can blow this place up like a rental car. Alright, I'll hang back here and keep an eye out on things. You guys with the pretty faces, go do the talking. My and face the is not that pretty. Yeah, well... Neither Price is yours. Has, Price has that uh, million pound smile thing going. He's got a two-quid smile, doesn't he? Turns out I have a charisma of uh, 15 times 575, so... He's got a ten-quid face. Yeah, okay. I'll, does, does Rush have anything to say about this village or homestead? It's just a, it's a small family. Um, they've been here for some time. I don't remember their names. It's been a while since I've talked with them, but I haven't come through this part of the... Uh, in, a, in a few years. As someone who has a 10 human, I want to roll it, but it's not going to go well. 64! Welcome to being Rooster with human. Uh, 18 out of 50. All right. He seems to be telling the truth. He, uh, he seems to be at least sincere. Okay. Uh, let's cautiously head down with our uh, overlook. I was going to say, Cap, do you want to bring as many people down, or will that show of force be a little scary? Because I don't mind staying up here with Rooster. Either way. Uh, actually, I think Medic could be useful. Fair enough. Bring him down. I'll stay up. Yeah. If Raj is going down, I'm sticking with him. He's the harky. I'll just go. I'll take a nap up here and... Uh, I mean, I'll keep an eye out on you guys. I can handle that. You head down to the little village uh, homestead. Rosh is, is coming down there with you. And the men kind of scatter as they see you and move quickly to the homes, the small huts. One of them enters into a doorway and reaches in seems like he has his hand. You would presume that he has a firearm, you know, within reach. And the older man is walking out to meet you. And he calls out in Pashtu, uh, Hello, who are you? Weapons down and open hands on my part. Rosh replies back, Oh, we're just passing through. Do you have any water? I don't have any water at this moment in time. Do you have any water? As we have enough that we can get through. The one male standing in the doorway has uh, not softened at all, but the women and the child, the youngster, have disappeared from view. Would I have anything on my person? I know I don't show my rank. Uh, mm -hmm. Do I have a, a red plus sign or anything like that that I could point to on my person that would identify me as a medic? 
Otherwise, maybe uh, if I could very slowly pull out a roll of wrap or gauze or something that would be identifiable as that. I'm going to leave that up to you. There are war crime laws about shooting medics and health, you know, health providers, though oftentimes that gets forgotten. But a lot of these insurgent groups don't follow the Geneva Convention. So that would be up to you if you want to broadcast that you are a medic. So I think on, on modern uniforms, you've got the little the little flap that can cover up your flag and whatnot. Yes. So I'm going to say in that regard, I probably wouldn't have a, a U.S. or a, a Poland flag or, or anything like that. I wouldn't have a flag. But I think under there, I would have a, a little red cross. So I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach over and very slowly pull that up and ask in Pashto, I have some medical training. Does anybody around here need help before we move on? The older man starts to talk very quickly. Give me a Pashto roll. All right. Pashto is a 40. 44. Okay. That's a critical failure. Oh. Good times. You just said cow instead of mother. You think he said something and you responded back. And he takes a few steps back, puts his hands out at his side with his hands open wide. Rooster, you see the fellow that's standing in the doorway. Alloy, you're up there with with Rooster as well. Are you on the Are you on the spotting scope? I would yes. say, yeah, I'm on the spotting scope. Okay, you both see that he's now, you know, pulled a some form of a Kalashnikov rifle from the darkness. He's holding it, and uh, two of the other men are now visible, and they have have weapons in hand. Take the shot. I take the shot on the one who pulled the AK yeah. first. All right, go ahead and give me a roll. Hey, he's my spotter. I'm just glad that there's somebody more trigger happy than Rooster now. 77 is a hit. It's a crit. That is a critical hit. Yep. Yes, it would be a critical hit. This is already going so much better than I expected. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just scared at the notion of trigger-happy demolitions guy. Yeah, who, who gave that guy the, the bombs? All right, Ben, go ahead and give me a lethality. Lethality of 40. Lethality of 40? Yeah, double. It's a critical hit. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. 25. Okay. He disappears into the darkness of the room as a gunshot fires off. Yeah, he's he is no more. Um, you don't see him. Well, you see his feet. You, you see his feet. You know, sticking up from the the hole in the not the hole, but the doorway there. All right, uh, war crime one. So let's go. Ahead. <laughs> uh, all right, so we're gonna figure out who is gonna go next, and in this situation, we're gonna go with Dex. Yeah, we're gonna go with Dex as to who's got the highest. So I think Alloy has a fifteen, mm-hmm. but. Also, Alloy did call out to give Rooster an action. That's okay. Don't don't sweat the actions. Don't sweat the mechanics on it for just right now. Uh, Nomad, a gunshot fires out. What are you going to do? Push Raj down into the dirt and get down with him. Okay. And draw a weapon and prepare to cover. Because I don't know. I don't know who shot who yet. The sound was certainly came from from Rooster. Came from Overwatch. And actually. Because you're all tied into the same comms, you heard alloys say take the shot. Push Raj down, trying to avoid further war crimes. Are the men who have uh, weapons, are they 
readied or are they just in hand? They were in hand. Now they are becoming readied. Then I will yell yell out in the best Pashto I can, drop it or die. All right. So uh, give me a, because uh, I don't think you have Pashto. Actually, you know what? Everybody's got a 10 in Pashto. So go ahead and give me a, a, a roll with, a, you know, a 10. I was about to say, isn't that in the phrase book they handed out when we entered the country? It is. It is. That's why. They, yeah. That's why you've got that. No, it was. It was only the word "die." It didn't have the "or die." <laughs> you have a Duolingo that says, "Listen to your pasto today." Yeah, the the big green owl is yelling at you. Seven. Ot seven. Okay. Hopefully they will listen. I would prefer not to kill anyone today, just on general principle. We've gotten past the language barrier. Go ahead and give me a charisma roll. Oh. Oh. Yes! Straight up charisma? Yeah, charisma, so it's uh, times five, so it's 50. Oh, okay. Then I have a chance. 46. All right. The men drop their weapons. A woman comes running out of the building where the man had been shot. She's yelling obscenities and curses and cursing your family. The older man turns and uh, catches her in the arms, and she's waving her hands and does not seem to be at all pleased about the situation. Saturn, what are you doing now? Saturn, I think, would be a little stunned. I, I, I'm a little stunned by this situation. Uh, I see the man drop, so I'm going to head over to him, but even just judging by the very still feet, I'm going to assume that there's not much I can do, but I'll still head over to assess. You get over to him and you see that there is a clear entry and exit wound. He is... Um, he is without life. Dan, where are the multiple people who have drawn Kalashnikovs in this exact moment? So they've dropped they've they've dropped their weapons. All right. They're in other other huts. But the guns are on the ground. Yes. You've got a a, a crying angry woman who is uh, cursing you. Price, what are you doing? Over the comms, I will ask are there any other hostiles? Um, and I will be signaling Nomad to go and uh, restrain one of these combatants, and I will head towards the other. I take it we have things like zip ties? Yes. Yeah, so let's just try and restrain them for the time being and um, get a little bit more control over the situation. But uh, uh, my goal is really just to try and keep awareness, so I won't be focused on that. I'll be trying to keep... Overview. Makes sense. You're able to keep a keep a good eye on things and control the situation. We're gonna move unless we're gonna be shooting anybody else. We're gonna be moving away from the the dexterity initiative. Alloy and Rooster. Alloy, since you go first, are you going to call out any other people to shoot? I saw multiple people drawing various Galashnikovs. If those are on the ground, no. Okay. I would say that I would. Nope. They can handle it from down there. We'll stay on Overwatch. All right. Or I'll stay on Overwatch unless Rooster wants to move. Nope, this is what I do. I sit back, lay on the ground while the rest of y'all fuckers walk, and shoot people in the face when the chief tells me to. Overcomes. Ally, what the hell was that? They drew. You were all going to die. Orders not not to initiate combat. Did they fire at us? They drew. 
Do you want seven rounds in your Control pack? the situation. Watch for other hostiles. We'll talk about this later. Agree. I will go to one of the gentlemen and attempt to z- kick the gun away from him and attempt to zip tie him. And then unload the gun. Just to make it that little bit harder. By removing the magazine and emptying the chamber. And if the captain is busy arguing with uh, the explosive lunatic, I will go and do the same to the gentleman. He was going to do it too as well. You're able to uh, clear the weapon to remove, you know, the, the rounds that are in it. You head over to the other restrained prisoner at this point and do the same to his weapon as well. The woman is cursing all of your mothers, cursing all of your families, wishing you the most horrible deaths don't really blame her at this point. Um, I, 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 I think we still need to sweep the camp as a as a, a first course of action. So maybe I will leave Saturn. Um, try and try and calm the situation to the best of your ability. Um, Nomad, you're with me. With me. Let's um, check for any other um, weapons at this point. You do find a couple hunting rifles. You find uh, one RPG with one rocket. That's what you find weapon-wise. These are not hidden. They're kind of out and about. Now, keep in mind, these are folks that effectively live deep in country where there is a war going on with invading forces. I think at this point, uh, I'd give the order for everyone to come down. And um, once we think we've got the the place reasonably secure and... uh, we need to interrogate these people, find out what they know about the situation. Saturn, you look over the fellow, and like I said, he's dead. You cover his face in his passing and, and kind of clear up. And the woman keeps yelling, Alan Kombutu, Alan Kombutu, Alan Kombutu, take you, Alan Kombutu. And you're not familiar with this word. She's hysterical. Is she in a state where I think I could talk to her? Or is it just useless and... You try to communicate with her, but yeah, you're not getting... You, her husband was just killed in front of her. So maybe uh, I would open comms, let everybody hear it, and go, does that does that name or word mean anything to y'all? Does not recognize for anyone. I think once I've done what I can to sort of cover up how faceless individual... I would rejoin the group and maybe make my way from person to person and and see if I can find somebody to comfort the woman. But at the same time, as I'm walking around trying to do that, I ask, hey, I, I don't understand this word that she's saying. Can you tell me what this means? They're not talking to you anymore. Occasionally you hear the word dog, other insults being thrown at you and Pashtu and Urdu, but not a... You're not getting any pleasantries. You're not getting really any information. Nomad Rosh is still at your side, and he looks at you. What What was that? What the hell? Do you know what, what made the men draw their weapons? Yeah, you. It was something Saturn said. What was it? That guy over there? Well... Apparently, he told the old man, he, he told the grandfather here that he wouldn't save him or give him any anything, uh, you know, to take his pain away. Or he said something about taking the pain away finally. J'aimerais le cool. Oui. It was a fucking mistake. Uh, 
No shit. Yeah. That's what happened. Stupid mistake around people with guns. Padamed. Eh. And he shakes his head and, and... The old man probably just wanted ibuprofen. Come with me. We have to look at the cave. My name is Jonathan Powell, and I played Price. My name is Rick Osborne, and I played Saturn. I'm Stephen Schwartz, and I play Nomad. I'm Benjamin N., and I play Alloy. I'm Ben Soslowski, and I play Rooster. I'm Dan Voshkevich, the Handler. Our story is based on the role-playing game Delta Green by Arc Dreams Publishing. Delta Green is created by Dennis Detweiler, Adam Scott Glancy, and John Scott Tynes. Operation Hammerlock is an original story created by me, Dan Voshkevich, with the assistance of Ben Sislowski. If you like our story, there are a few ways to support us. First, you can check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash theredactedreports. Patrons of our podcast will receive early access to episodes, Rowan's written reports for each story, as well as other goodies and opportunities exclusive to our patrons. We offer special thanks to our $20 and up patrons. Stephen Schwartz, Director Arayo, Jonathan Powell, Tom Padula, M.S. Aznikar, Heather Ney, Jen Obertaz, Jake Blair, Bomb Clancy, Kit Thompson, Danny, Lady Bedeville, Sherrick Manning, Andrea of the Burbs, Red Dead Coquette, Blartimus, Ginger Fury, Dr. Christian Lehman, Kate, D.B., and The Entity Some Have Called George. If you can't support us directly, that's okay. Please support us by telling people about us. Leave a review wherever you get your podcast and follow us on the usual social media sites. Also, check out our website, www theredactedreportspodcast.com. All of our handouts are archived there, and if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you could reach out to Agent Harker through our contact form on this site. The Redacted Reports is edited and produced by Tiana Hansen and is distributed by Quest and Chaos. If you like what you hear with us, give Quest and Chaos YouTube and Twitch channels a visit. They play Dungeons & Dragons and Call of Cthulhu on a weekly basis. Join us next week when reality melts around the pressures from beyond and entities with unspeakable names and burrowing thoughts dream at us. They wait for that moment to devour our puny, insignificant lives and replace us with drones and clones to control the rest of humanity.